Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. March Madness tips off on Thursday, and to get your brackets set, make sure you listen and subscribe to our college basketball experts on One Shining Podcast with Mark Titus and Tate Frazier. Also on Monday, be sure to watch the guys on their live selection show, recapping the seedings from Selection Sunday and previewing the top matchups to look forward to. You can check out the show on YouTube and listen to One Shining Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, 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 yo! Welcome to Ringer FC. This is your host, Donnie Kwok, with me as always, my main man, Micah Peters. What's up, Micah? What's going down? I got the wild Spider-Man mask in my compression shorts in anticipation of this goal about to score today. Wakanda forever. Joining us today, live in NYC and back by popular demand, it's Chelsea superfan, Miles Surrey. What's up, Miles? What's up? I'm happy to be back, but I'm not sure you can call one email from a reader, popular demand. That's popular I, demand by one of our many, many Ringer listeners. FC sorry, fans. not reader, but I won't confirm nor deny it's one of my burners. <laughs> <laughs> you were KDing us the whole time. That's how I do it. You know, it's, right, it's, been, it's great that he finally decided to. I fi- I'm glad he finally definitively said it. Only took Jay Williams questioning him about it on his own show, but he was just like, "Yeah, I do have burners." It's like that sometimes. We're gonna get into the footy stuff in a second, but first, Micah, in your last music column you write a weekly music column for the ringer called so necessary it comes out every friday you should read it on the ringer.com great website you highlighted a uk rapper by the name of dave and a specific song which actually came out in between the last episode and now called stretton and i have listened to that song no joke maybe 583 times it's really in the addictive. last week i've learned like basically all the words I basically learned all the words too, and I had to go to like Urban Dictionary or like UK Urban Dictionary to catch all the wordplay. Oh, you mean like, you know, like now he's cutting through books like the 118. You didn't know that was a bus? I didn't know it either. That was on the YouTube comments that I learned that. And then also like, because I got a baby across board like Cupid, like bow is like a different, like it's, it's really. It's, 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 the bow is a district in East London. So he's saying he has a girl on the opposite side of town. He's actually from South London, Streatham. Actually, in preparation to talk about Streatham briefly, I was looking up if any footballers are from Streatham. And according to Wikipedia, there are a couple, but not famous enough to name. However, footy related, Dave has a song with fellow grime rapper AJ Tracy called Tiago Silva. And in that video, <laughs> shout out to Hua Su, who actually DM'd me this video. Um, they're like running around in PSG kits. And then AJ Tracy has a song called False Nine, which is basically about Spurs. And then Dave, when I did a little YouTube wormhole digging, had an LA Leakers, Leakers freestyle where he said, hands in my pockets like Wenger in the dugout. Uh, you know what? There is actually this thing that I was uh, reading on Mundial Mag where it was just basically talking about several other grime moments like that one throughout history like it's called the 11 best football moments in grime history yeah it's funny because you see on all american websites it's like rappers dropping nba player names yeah but obviously in the uk if they're going to make sports references it's going to be to football and i wish more american rappers do american rappers do that 
They say kick it like Beckham and shit like that. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, and then you'll see the odd photo of 21 Savage washing his car in a Manchester <laughs> United jersey or like young thug wearing an Arsenal kit. Anyway, Miles is looking at me with a blank look. So let's get to the real football. <laughs> a lot has happened, more so than Dave dropping Stratton in the last two weeks. The quarterfinals for the Champions League and Europa League are set, as are the semifinals for the FA Cup. We'll get into those. Manchester City are still alive for the quadruple, uh, but Liverpool are back atop the league, although City have a game in hand. Tottenham finally announced the official move-in date for their new stadium. That's April 3rd. Zinedine Zidane is back in charge of Real Madrid, replacing Santiago Solari. Uh, more managerial shakeups, new men in at Schalke and Roma. Also, this feels like longer than two weeks ago, but a pitch invader jumped on the field and snuffed Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Do you think snuffed is the accurate verb there? He, it was like a, a really weird overhand right like to the side of the... It was, you know, maybe snuffed is the... I don't know. Because I feel like when right snuffed word. is like... Snuffed is like out. you... Yeah, you like you, you know, like handed somebody a nap. Like this is... This was more so like just wild yeah. overhand. <laughs> Miles, do you have a, a verb that would go in there? Not really, but I mean, Grealish got the last laugh, score winning goal. Yeah, score the, the winning goal. To... The guy that Picture snuffed him. Picture of professionalism. I mean, this is mad old news now, so we should move on. But the guy who snuffed him, everybody on Twitter made the same Peaky Blinders joke because he had one of those hats on. <laughs> wow. Great show. Great show. Great show. Great show. All right. Anyway, anyway. Uh, we're headed into an international break now. There's a bunch of Euro 2020 qualifiers this weekend. Also, should mention the USMNT has two friendlies coming up against Ecuador and Chile. But because we have a bit of an interlow here for this episode, we are going to play a game of burning questions and go over everything I just said above, as well as look ahead at the rest of the season. You guys ready? Let's get Let's it. Let's do it. Question number one, VAR, in or out? And I have this question because uh, the most recent spate of European Cup competitions and FA Cup games have had all kinds of VAR controversies, and which has brought more scrutiny over video assistant refereeing, which of course will not be a permanent feature of the Premier League until next season. Uh, VAR ostensibly is designed to prevent debate about calls, but it actually seems to be adding more debate. So I'll start with you, Miles. VAR, in or out? Can I say TBD or is that a cop-out? No, you can say whatever right. you want. Because obviously, <laughs> if you're a PSG fan, you're going to feel very anti-VAR right now. Uh, and as much as I enjoyed the club enduring another Champions League exit, uh, it was a ridiculous call, but... You're talking I, about the Kimbembe... Yes, the Kimbembe handball. Elbow ball. Yeah, elbow ball. Uh, but I think we're we're kind of dealing with a little VAR recency bias because, you know, it was implemented in last year's World Cup in Russia. And I feel like the response to it was largely positive. Agreed. I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about you guys. I can't recall like a single instance where VR negatively affected a World Cup match. Portugal, like, Iran. Um, oh, yeah. There were some handballs in there that were kind of, I don't know, similar to the Kimbepe. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Micah? Uh, I'm out on VAR, and yeah, it's absolutely recency bias, but that's the way that's you know world soccer works. Um, yeah. I say this as somebody that benefited greatly from it, uh, <laughs> watching watching, of course, the uh, you know United's miraculous quote unquote comeback against PSG in the in the Champions League. But really, it was more so that like I was 
I don't know if so. Both of you watched the Swansea Manchester City FA Cup game, right? Did not. Highlights. Not the highlights. Yeah. Okay. But, well, I mean, like I was watching it, and it's just kind of like it was a. And I mean, of course, like the the commentators were, you know, remarking on this like every five minutes, but it's just like an amazing FA Cup tie, like the 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 real blood and thunder stuff, like, <laughs> and <laughs> the fact that. I mean, like, and you, your heart sort of sank after, you know, like Swansea, like outcitied City for that second goal, and like the in the in the twenty sixth or whatever minute, mm-hmm. it was definitely too early, and you just knew that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It's just well, like so, so, you, that- so City. It, you know, long story short, City came back, scored three second half goals. Um, they had to bring on Ryan Sterling, Sergio Aguero, like the big gun, so to speak. And still, it didn't look like it was going to happen because Swansea's keeper, Christopher Norfelt, had that amazing double save on the goal line. You think that Sergio Aguero isn't scoring from there. Maybe it won't happen. But then, you know, like the PK gets called. Um, and then the last goal was offside. the last goal was offside. So the, so the issue there... With VAR is that, I mean, and this to me is kind of where the VAR controversies are coming as far as they relate to the discussion now. It's been sort of inconsistently instituted because that game being on Swansea's ground, the FA had said, we're only going to have VAR for Premier League grounds, which is a stupid thing, especially since Swansea was just in the Premier League and is perfectly fit to have video replay. Uh, and the same with the Champions League too, not having it in the group stages and then just bringing it in for the knockout, it feels kind of inconsistent. So maybe when VAR truly does have, you know, like take over world football, it, there won't be this kind of sort of, these sort of discrepancies and it's just like the VAR world that we live in. It's just like the, the entire thing is just in limbo. I mean, if you... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, there's more issues with VAR, yeah. like for example, in the Ajax Real Madrid second leg, the length of time it took to yeah. Yeah. determine whether or not Ajax's third goal, I believe, was good or not. They they need to iron out a lot of the kinks, I think. For yeah, it even the Kimpembe elbow, it feels like they took a excruciatingly long time for what should have been a pretty straightforward yeah. call the other way. And the people in the stadium are have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I noticed too with especially in the Champions League with those decisions, it was inconsistent from game to game how much stoppage time was added um, to matches because of VAR. So there's like all of these things that I think I predict next year when we're talking about the Premier League on uh, 2020 FC that we're going to be talking a lot about VAR and how it's affecting, possibly adversely affecting what we're watching. Yeah. So I'm out on VAR as well. Um, I'd I rather just have human mistakes. Yeah. But I, I, I do want to say that, like, uh, and after the, the Swansea City game, I mean, like, Guardiola was basically echoing all of the things that Graham Potter was talking about. He was just like, in this situation for us, it would have, VR would have been a big help because it cost us two goals. That's what Potter said. And, you yeah. know, Guardiola I mean, was it's just real easy like, for you have to, to get say lucky. That. Yeah. It's real easy for Pep to say that it when It is really won. easy to say that, but at the same time, you know, like if you are going to be going for the quadruple, you need this kind of luck, however yeah. sinister it feels at it's, the time. It's true. Poor Swansea. Anyway, VAR will be in effect, in the Champions League quarterfinals, the draw, which was last Friday. We now have the final eight. And in fact, the quarterfinal draw and semifinal draw were set on the same day. Usually, in years past, they do the semifinal draw after the quarterfinals are completed. 
In any event, we have four matchups. Tottenham versus City, Ajax versus Juve, Liverpool, Porto, and Micah's Manchester United versus Leo Messi and Barcelona. City, Juve, Liverpool, Barcelona, obviously the clear favorites. Who do you think is most capable of pulling an upset? Micah. Ajax. I think that Ajax, Juve is going to be the most interesting tie of uh, of these quarterfinal matchups because it's most likely to be like Ajax Madrid. Um, I mean, like if you take, for instance, like if you just account for the fact that Juventus, the first leg against uh, Atletico just shows that they can, you know, you can, they can be got at. And, yeah. you know, like the team that you would expect to do that or, you know, like the team that you, the... A kind of underdog, kind of, you know, run forever. I mean, like, the remarkable thing about that time was how old they made Madrid look, and it feels mm. like that could happen again with Juve. Not I would that, say, that, though, that I would say, though, the Allegri factor might play in. Yeah, since. I mean, like, Juve is not anywhere near as lopsided as Madrid is. Like, but, and... Ajax is going to continue to be the, the I was going to say the hipster pick, but the favorite underdog. They have the youngest average age, I believe, of the eight teams remaining at 24. And this is kind of this generation. I mean, obviously, Jong is leaving, so for them to do it. So, uh, Michael, what do you think? I mean, sorry, Miles, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Ajax is the best chance, and that's also the best matchup. Because, um, yeah, De Jong's leaving. He might not be the only one. I think uh, De- Delight, is that how you say his last name? Delight's probably going somewhere, going to a big club. We'll accept it. We mispronounce well, okay, names yeah, yeah. all the time. So. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, this is kind of their final push. Ajax management, like, convinced them, you know, to stay one more year. I assume with the pitch, let's just do it and be legends. And <laughs> so far, they're succeeding on that front. I, I, yeah, I mean, they they have a chance to maybe make a semi push, kind of be like this year's Roma, except a, a bit more of a talented team. You've got Dijon, you've got all these youngsters, and you have Southampton superstar Dusan Tadic up front. <laughs> it's a fun team. I'm going with Porto. What? What? After after Liverpool just like calmly and professionally dispatched a Bayern Munich. That was team. last year. Oh, I thought you were talking about Liverpool beating them last year. I think which well, they did, too. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but also, we, uh, you know, we talk about Messi, we talk about Ronaldo, we talk about Griezmann, Mbappe, Morega. <laughs> Add his name. Look, to he's the fun. Yeah, Morega will be the difference. Porto is going to. Morega will be squeeze the past is, Liverpool into the semis. Is is such a Twin Peaks as a as a movie, not a TV show take. <laughs> anyway, we should have a quick shout about the Europa League quarterfinals. Miles Miles is Chelsea, and mm-hmm. my Arsenal are positioned on opposite sides of the bracket. Could I mean we actually could have all England finals for both the Champions and Europa leagues? Uh, Chelsea is matched up with Slavia Prague. Yes, it's the first time those two teams have ever met. One would assume they'd go through. You would think, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Arsenal, of course, have Napoli, uh, managed by Carlos Ancelotti. Uh, A lot of people are saying that they will crash out at this juncture. Well, it does seem like whoever wins between Napoli and Arsenal is probably getting to the final because on the other side of the draw, you've got Villarreal Valencia. So Mm -hmm. you've got a team that's been battling in La Liga's relegation zone all season. Versus the Valencia team that's had intermittent struggles scoring goals all season. In La Liga, they have 30 and 28 games. So 
it, it, I, I think it's safe to say whoever wins between uh, Arsenal and Napoli ha- have a pretty comfortable road to the finals, yeah. all things considered. But you could, yeah, you could say the same with Chelsea. Slavia Prague's probably the the easiest team remaining of the eight. But you know, we we lost four 0 to Bournemouth at one point this season. Uh, we always have long spells where we don't know what to do when the ball's outside of the eighteen yard box. So it'd be very on brand if we somehow screwed this up or. Worse yet, lost to Arsenal in the final and not make a top four finish. Let me call this right now. Double Derby, intra-city Derby, European Cup finals. It's going to be City and United in the Champions League. Oh, okay. And Arsenal, Chelsea in the Europa League. How amazing would that be, Micah? Uh, <laughs> It'd be amazing for you because it means United would have beaten Barcelona. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be the most amazing thing about that. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, but I, like no, I wanna I wanna go back a little bit, and because you were talking about how other people, quote unquote, have have said that this is where Arsenal is going to crash out of the Europa League competition, I want to know how confident you feel, Donnie. Uh, it's interesting because so far on this road to the quarterfinals, Arsenal have been shitting the bed in the first leg, but have had opposition that's weak enough that they could recover in the second leg, and I think in this tie they're not going to be able to do that. So um, if they lose 2-0, I mean, the first match is at the Emirates. So especially so if they have an unfavorable result in the first leg, then they're definitely going out because they're not going to Napoli and winning um, or overturning a deficit. So it's really dependent on that first leg, but they're in good form now. So who knows? Yeah, good form, and they have sort of more to play for since this may be the only way that you get back into European competition next year. Yeah, I had this written down actually. There's all these since there's so many English teams alive in the in the cups. There's all these permutations about the top four. Um, see, I wrote this down. I, I think I wrote this straight off of the Guardian. If a Premier League team win the Champions League and finish outside the top four, so that would basically be if United or Spurs win it. Ars- and Arsenal or Chelsea win the Europa League and finish outside the top four, then only the top three teams in the Premier League will join them in next year's Champions League, whatever the fuck that means. Can you make heads or tails of that? Uh. <laughs> All right, don't bother. <laughs> the Europa League final is in Baku, which is in Azerbaijan. And in other Azerbaijan news, I just saw that Chelsea legend Michael Essien has just completed a move to Sabale FK. He's going to be a player and the coach of the U19s. So, go Essien. Shouts to him. <laughs> I, I was actually combing through his Wikipedia page today. and from his, As one does. As one does. And during his season-long spell at Real under Mourinho's stint, there's the line in the Wikipedia article, at his introductory press conference, Mourinho affectionately referred to Essien as his son, while Essien referred to Mourinho as Daddy. So <laughs> now, like, so I've got a bit of trauma now. It's kind of like me and Micah's relationship. <laughs> All right, let's drill down on some yeah. other stuff. We were talking about Real Madrid. Of course, Zizou replacing Solari. Uh, Zidane is signed through 2022. So good news for Kevin Clark because Pochettino's not going there, it seems. First and foremost, Micah, this question is to you since you're a style maven. What the fuck was up with the jeans that Zizou wore to his reintroductory press conference? I mean, I don't know why you're coming at me with this question. I'm just as confused as because you are. Because you're a stylish dude. The thing is that, like, also... Do you I've, approve, I guess, is the no, question. For those who haven't you, seen it, well, Micah, can you describe the jeans that Zidane was wearing? They are, like... <laughs> and Zidane is normally a very stylish guy. Really horribly washed, like... 
really circulation restricting jeggings jeggings like with with really Mm -hmm. deep cuffs too like i mean like cuff basically goes up to mid mid, like the middle of his shin yeah um miles would you rock these uh no (laughs) and (laughs) they're made by d squared uh googling taught me he also like a, a you know, a light perusal of his Instagram suggests that he wears these a lot. Um, so. <laughs> this is yeah, this is Zidane's favorite pair of jeans. I mean, you know, I thought far, he used to wear only but Y three, and now uh, maybe he has a D squared sponsorship. I don't know. Far be it for me to question the man who literally got over on Florentino Perez, um, because I mean, like this is if you just step back and take stock of the whole thing. Makes it so that he, you know, like wins three successive European championships. And he's just like, you know what? I got lucky on that third one. This team is impossibly lopsided and they're not going to allow me to rebuild in the summer. So I'm just going to leave. Um, and then Perez hired uh, Julian Lopetegui, who didn't, who lasted yeah, maybe like a fortnight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Santiago Solari. And neither one of them had any ideas at all about how the team was supposed to work. I think Solari might have rotated 14 players in his last yeah. couple of games, like relegated Marcelo and Gareth Bale to the bench. And now, like, all Zidane has to come, like, he comes in and gets the rest of the season to have the new manager, like, grace period, and then actually gets to rebuild the team in his image over the summer, so. Right, so in his first game back over the weekend, Madrid won 2-0 over Celta Vigo. The aforementioned Gareth Bale, Marcelo back in the lineup, as were Isco, Keeler Navas, uh, replacing Cartois. And all the papers now are speculating about who Real Madrid might buy in the summer. And here are some names that are being mentioned. Ian Hazard, Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, Christian Eriksen, Miles' beloved N'Golo Conte. If you had to pick two names from there, who would you buy, Miles, if you were Madrid? Um, First of all, I guess maybe it's this is kind of a futile... Or this is kind of like a false exercise because not all of those guys are going to be available. Yeah, I, I mean, if I were them and putting away my blues biases aside, it should be Mbappe and Conte. Yeah. But I, I think what's going to happen is it, it's inevitable that they're going to get one of Hazard, Neymar, or Mbappe because they need someone on the wing kind of opposite of Vinicius Jr. Right. Um, and it does seem like Gareth Bale will be sold, if not like to offset those costs, just to get rid of him. Get rid of him. Uh, him and Zanad have never seen I die. It's kind of like a microcosm of his real career, like moments of brilliance. But for the most part, people have been kind of disappointed with him, considering how good he can be. But I, I think, it, you know, in terms of the, the wingers, I, I would say the priority ought to be Mbappe. Neymar than Hazard, if only by virtue of like their ages. Because if you've got Mbappe at twenty and Vinicius Junior, I think he's still just eighteen. Mm. I mean, that's that's like a decade plus of. I mean, I think what's really going to happen, as we've been talking about all year, is Hazard is going to go. He's definite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't but know. Would he still go if Mbappe or Neymar gets signed? I feel like that would just sort of close the door on well, his. PSG has been pretty adamant about you know like not selling on killing Mbappe or Neymar, but who knows exactly what that means. Um, I think Zizou, too, as a sort of recruitment tool for Madrid, he has that mystique and aura about him that, that, and also Mbappe being French, who knows that maybe mm-hmm. that he could work his magic on that. But what's missing from this list is like a true center forward, someone to replace Benzema, 
They should probably go after someone like Mario Riccardi or Harry Kane, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Mar- Did you say Icardi? Is that you say his name? I- Icardi. Inter is Icardi? Yeah. Oh, for Real Madrid? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's talk about former Real Madrid star, who? Cristiano Ronaldo. And great wh- segue. <laughs> <laughs> great, great throw. Since we last uh, had a, an FC, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, had a hat trick, stunning hat trick, to catapult his new team, Juventus, past Atletico Madrid in the Champions League round of 16. In the meantime, Lionel Messi is still out there doing Lionel Messi things over this past weekend. He also had a hat trick, his 45th for Barcelona. Amazing. 45 hat tricks, capped off by an amazing chip for the third goal. This all against Real Betis, whose fans actually applauded him off the pitch. I'm not going to do a who's better, Ronaldo or Messi thing. Thank but God. Micah, who's better, Ronaldo or Messi? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm not doing that. Who have that. you been more impressed by? Who's had a better two weeks? I'm, I'm not. I... <sighs> Like, this is this is the this is the reason why we'll never fully appreciate this era until after it's over is because we're constantly comparing the two. Like, is that like not Nas and Jay Z? Anyway, Hope, what I'm saying is big, that like I I think I more so enjoyed uh, Lionel Messi's chip against Real Betis and him getting that's a better question. The field. It's a better question. Whose performances or moments over the past month? Or even season, have you enjoyed more, Ronaldo's or Messi's? Um, you just answered the yeah, chip against Betis. Yeah, because I mean, mm-hmm. like uh, my uh, friend Nate Scott pointed this out, but it's just kind of like we're at the point of if you were to tell somebody that doesn't follow soccer as closely as you do, whatever, and you were just like, hey, did you catch that game, you know, where like the opposing fans applauded for Lionel Messi, like you'd have to, it'd be like which one? Which one are you talking about? There's right. like been several at this juncture. Miles, um, My, I'm guessing you're in the Messi camp. Messi chip, but that that Ronaldo game against uh, Atletico was impressive. Epic. I mean, he's Epic. he's so his he's probably the best header to ball still. In the world, this so. is this is for you, Miles, because I know that you watched it. But you know, like at the end of Daredevil season three, where like Vincent D'Onofrio's <laughs> like as Kingpin is just like, you know, no prison can hold me. Kill me, kill me. That's like what I was thinking about the whole time. Ronaldo was celebrating his equalizer. It's the same yeah. energy. Micah's so happy that he has someone in studio that shares his pop culture. No, I mean, I, I never thought of Kingpin and Ronaldo in the same <laughs> in the same world, but uh, it kind of checks out. So, are you talking you know? specifically about the headers or his mimicking of Diego Simeone's big balls celebration? Which was I, I also think that's epic. what Micah was referring to as well, because because I mean that that's that 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 was pretty good. I think just like the general lack of shame <laughs> is what I was <laughs> is what I was pointing towards. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the big ball celebration. Well, you guys know that. There is a vision of the future in which these Messi-Ronaldo arguments might end because they might be teammates. Why? David Beckham wants both of them to join Inter-Miami. Fuck. David Beckham wants both of them to join Inter-Miami when they join MLS next season. It might not be next season. I mean, these guys are both, what, Messi's 31, Ronaldo's 33. So maybe when they're like 35, 36, imagine... Those caca prime years I, at MLS. You know, like, <laughs> Messi and Ronaldo for Inter Miami. Let's make that happen. What do I you think, would, Micah? You know, you know what I would love 
on my team is to have pre-crisis Superman and uh, also Thanos playing up top for me. That's what I would love. (laughs) On that note, we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about the Premier League and some quick news hits. This winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. And that's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms and will pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last resort-type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool, top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. None like other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can play things by ear or use Hotel Tonight to book in advance. And when you join Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better deals you get. To start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. And we're back, back to the Premier League. We're going to do another player debate here, a little bit less cliche than Messi versus Ronaldo. Is that okay with you, Micah? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, let's once more into the breach. This debate is about Sadio Mane versus Mohamed Salah. Why are we having this debate after Salah's amazing season last year? It's Sadio Mane who stepped up to the fore as Liverpool's most reliable scorer. He has... 11 goals in his last 11 matches, including nine in the Premier League since the start of the year, which is the most, I think, next to Aguero. Salah, of course, has not scored a goal in Liverpool's past seven matches. And Salah and Mane are actually tied at 17 goals in the Premier League, second in the Golden Boot race to only Aguero. But mind you, Mane doesn't take penalties. Mane actually, with his 17th goal against Fulham over the weekend, became the highest scoring Senegalese in the Premier League since... I'm leaving mm. this for you guys. Since shoot, Demba Ba. Oh, damn Newcastle. it. Newcastle. Damn it. 2010-2011. I was I afraid I was one. getting <laughs> the nationalities wrong. <laughs> so, Miles, mm-hmm. who's better? Mane or Salah? See, that's a trick question because it's the power cube. Serdan Shakiri. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we talking who's better right now? Who's just a better player in general? What 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 are the just, parameters for this just first, ima- take just a- imagine first take? Just imagine question. I was about to say, just imagine <laughs> you're on first take. Great. Um, All right, Mike, you, know, you take it. Who's better? I don't know that it's necessarily a question of like who's better, so much as it is like who's been put. Into because I mean, like, Salah's purview has changed since last season. It's kind of like the same way, like, Roberto Firmino last season was like the best off the ball forward, like, in all of Europe's five leagues. It looked like brief for like a time, and then, like, now at the beginning of this season, it was he was kind of all like it's just they're all asked to do different jobs. Like Salah's playing up the middle more often and Mane gets to be the freewheeling winger person. I um, just felt like I heard Ryan O'Hanlon sigh from somewhere. <laughs> I, well, a, deep, yeah, he, a deep sigh. He, is it possible that Bobby Firmino is actually the best and you put any players on the left and right of him and they'll score goals? 
Well, it feels like he's been a bit underrated this year just because he doesn't have the same scoring output as his counterparts. But I don't know. It's it's like the best attacking trio in in the Premier League. But I, I guess if you if push comes to shove, uh, Mane, you know, he's got like a kind of a lower profile. He's kind of a quiet dude, but he's he's killing it this season. I mean, seventeen goals, none of which were penalties. Yeah, that's impressive. And I, I read this stats bomb article about how Salah scored. I think nine of his goals last season cutting in from the right and that this season according to their analysis he's playing a little bit more centrally and not making those kind of slashing runs so that ha- could have something to do with it of course Klopp is saying he's not worried at all about Salah's little mini slump but the fact that Mane's banging them in every game and he I think there's a stat where he has like nine of his 13 Champions League goals have come in the knockout rounds against the likes of Bayern Munich Real Madrid and Manchester City so He's not a flat track bully. He comes up big in the big games. I'd, I can say at the very least, Salah has won African Footballer of the Year two years running. I think Mane has a good shout, right? For the for the next one. I guess the African Cup of Nations is this summer. So Yeah. I just, I, just I, I I know that we're not physically in the studio together, but I want you to picture me putting my hand lovingly on yours and saying that you are worth more than your productivity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What a beautiful image. I'm touched. I'm touched. Uh, Here's a quick sidebar. It's actually not really related to this, but I just thought it was interesting that Kevin De Bruyne has joined Rock Nation. Miles is throwing up the rock sign in the studio. As I always do. I want pictures of Kevin De Bruyne at the The Rock Nation brunch immediately. (laughs) With DJ Khaled. Immediately. Wearing a three-piece suit made of like linen and shit. Other footballers on Rock Nation, Romelu Lukaku, Eric Bailly, Jerome Boateng. We had a quick discussion in Slack about whether Rock Nation has a good or bad record of signing athletes, but I guess it's kind of depends on your perspective. Just kind of funny that KDB is a member of The Rock. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think yeah, he'll I, ever, I did not partake in that conversation. Do you think he'll ever get in a room with J. Cole and Talk about music. And rap. All right, let's move on. <laughs> what? The, the FA Cup semifinals are Great set. segue. <laughs> in the one, we have Manchester City versus Brighton. We don't really need to talk about that. But in the other one, very interesting matchup featuring the seventh and eighth place teams in the Premier League. In eighth place, it's Watford at 43 points. Seventh place, everyone's favorite, Wolverhampton Wolves, 44 points. They play April 6th at Wembley. Who's been more impressive to you guys? Actually, I should say that I had Watford preseason relegated. So same. Are we, are we talking <laughs> to me? About Watford in, are more impressive. Impressive, like in the fullness of t- like. As I mean, like if we're talking about Wolverhampton uh, winning promotion and then being one of the best seven teams in the league, like and having sort of like toppled all of the big six. But should we have a caveat there that they have Chinese investors and like a bunch of Jorge, uh, Jorge Mendez clients and kind of, you know. Yeah, they I mean, they like weren't a, a usual promoted side. Yeah. About, you know, I mean, like if we're talking about which is the more impressive side, I still think Wolves is the more impressive side. Like in terms of on-field product and the fact that they like have – their own Don't sleep on, You're sleeping on Watford, bro. I'm not sleeping on Watford. I'm appreciating <laughs> Wolverhampton. <laughs> Miles, what say you? Well, 
Um, I mean, wolves are fun to watch. Let's no, I I love watching wolves. Yeah. Adamatrar is my guy. I'm a fix wolves. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I should say I had Fulham in eleventh place when when we were uh, planning out our our just Premier seduced League by Jean Michael Sari. Huh? Seduced by Sari and Not all that money sure, they shelled, but um, yeah, I mean. Because it just didn't seem like Watford did anything to really fill that Richarlison void, but I forgot that Gerard De La Feu was bro. legit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but beyond De La Feu, they have a really good team. You know, I think Kapui is very balanced. Troy Deeney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Will Hughes. So, I mean, I guess it's a kind of a stupid question, which I actually wrote. <laughs> who's been more? Imp- who's been more impressive? Here, maybe I'll follow that up with two less stupid questions. One, who do you think will win? the semifinal and who do you think will finish above who in the premiership and two since we're all fans of top six clubs like which player from either team would you want to pluck and insert into your team okay so wolves both times Mm -hmm. um and i'd like to think that 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 we could we use another player like Ruben Neves, but like I don't actually want any of these <laughs> these guys on my team, um, just because my interests are oriented elsewhere. How about Nuno Espirito Santo as your manager? Ooh, <laughs> interesting. Um, Maybe, yeah. but you know what? No, I gotta. We gotta see how this how this Barcelona Champions League tie goes. Okay, so Miles, who who do you bring into Chelsea? Um, well, yeah, I, I agree with Micah. Wolves and Wolves finish higher; they'll win the semis. Um, from Watford, I would bring in. You need Raúl Jiménez. Uh, no, well, yes. If if we're talking Wolves, Raúl Jiménez, Jiménez. As much as I want to say Adama Traore, because I love watching him play. <laughs> <laughs> we we need a, a center forward. Um, and the thing is, you know, he's Troy kind Dini? of. No, no. Uh, Jimenez <laughs> just kind of has like that complete package. You know, great link of play. He can score goals. His work rate's terrific. He's not 45 pounds overweight. Nope. Yeah. Um, he's on loan from Benfica this season, so I suspect there might be a bit of a bidding war to, you know, have his services next season. I think it's like 30, 30 million, I, heard, I hear. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, If I had to pick a Watford player, though, I'd pick Jose Holobos just that was because... What I was going to pick, bro. Well, look, I mean, look, he's a better defensive left back oh, than you Marcus Alonso. Alonso, which is to say he's a left back in the Premier League <laughs> and his name is not Marcus Alonso. So, yeah. I he's 34 g- years old, but g- give him give him to me. Anything to get sorry to not start Marcus Alonso. I hate the man. Jose Holobos, by the way, has six assists, which is the most in the Premier League, and also three goals, and also 10 yellow cards. So he has like a bit of the shithousery <laughs> that we loved in players like Lauren. I mean, I'm talking as an Arsenal fan. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm picking Watford to, to beat Wolves and Watford to finish higher just because of you guys. Okay. You Wolves. contrarian. <laughs> now let's go now to the bottom of the table. This is a simple question because <laughs> the aforementioned Fulham are definitely going down. Huddersfield town, definitely going down, but the last team to be relegated, or I guess the 18th slot right now, it's a race between a race to the bottom between Cardiff city who are currently in 18th at 28 points, and Sean Dyche Burnley, 17th place, 30 points. So they're only two points ahead of the drop. So, Micah, who would you rather see go down, Warnock's Cardiff City or Sean Dyche's Burnley? Uh, Both are kind of negative teams, but, like, I would much rather see Cardiff go down just because I'm just... You know, at the at the risk of inviting, because you hate Junior Hoylet, is that why? Any Cardiff City fans that might be following me on Twitter or hear about this, I just I'm tired of seeing y'all in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Callum Peterson fan. No, 
Miles. Um, I guess I can't say both because Fulham aren't going to get out of that hole. But I mean, both teams are unwatchable. I think they're both of them are at the very, very end of our soccer watchability rankings. <laughs> um, at the that's bottom. A good, yeah, that's a good plug. Uh, <laughs> but they are both at the bottom. Um, I forget who it was. It was someone on Twitter a couple months ago compared Burnley to like watching an American college team. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty apt comparison. You could also use for Cardiff. So. Uh, it, we, we're 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 losers regardless of what happens. See, the operative difference there is that Neil Warnock, I think, would readily admit that his team is kind of boring and undermanned and sort of uh, I don't know, not doesn't play attractive football. Where Sean Dyche might insist that tactically what he's doing is cool or interesting or I don't know. Yeah, for those Chris Wood purists out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I don't know. New, so New everyone Warnock wants Cardiff is, to go is, down. Is more at at home in the championship anyway. Like that's that's where he, you know, that's where, where he thrives. He, that's where he thrives. <laughs> that's where that's where his Brexit views thrive. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody just wants Cardiff. About that comic panel where it's just like the guy stretching in garbage. <laughs> it strengthens me. <laughs> everybody wants Cardiff to go down. So uh, that means I want Burnley to go down. All right, let's move on to. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's prop-enhanced celebration against Wren in the second leg of their Europa League round of 16 match. Now, Aubameyang, of course, famously had a Spider-Man mask when he scored goals uh, playing for Borussia Dortmund. Batman mask. And Spider-Man then, no? Or is it just Batman? I think it was just Batman. Well, him and... No, he had Spider-Man at least He once. had Spider-Man once, but it was like the Batman one I feel like was more often when him and Royce were celebrating together. But anyway. Okay, got you. Anyway, against Wren, he scored, I think it was his second goal, went over to the photo hoardings, grabbed a Black Panther mask, put it on, and then did the Wakanda Forever sign into the cameras. Uh, Everybody talked about it on social media afterward. What did you guys think of that celebration? Trash. Trash? (laughs) Wow, I'm surprised. Why why was it trash? No, I mean like- Because it was Aubameyang? It's it's more so just like, you know- If Pogba did it, you would like it. If (laughs) I mean, those things matter, all right? The the context around it matters. You man were pulling out Black Panther masks in the Europa League. Not even like in a- Thursday night? Not even on a- Not even in the final. Miles, what did you think? Well, he's scored over 20 goals this season in all competitions. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Now, here's my beef with it. It's just old. Like, Black Panther is mad old. It's <laughs> over a year old. And it's not that it's no longer relevant at all. It's just, to me, it's kind of like... It was the same thing when Antoine Griezmann started doing the Hotline Bling Dance, like... A but year Griezmann's after, just lame in a general. A year after the song came out. Yeah. Griezmann I mean, I know stuff travels but, to Europe slower. like, you know, just his his blood alcohol level was infinity during the World <laughs> Cup and he was shouting up shit like, I love Derrick Rose. Like, he's just like such a, he's just a weirdo. <laughs> so <laughs> what, it made me think though, Aubameyang's Black Panther celebration. And what do you guys think about this? Like if corporations or movie studios started preemptively tapping players are co-opting their celebrations to promote new properties that haven't come out yet. Like what if Obama Yang had like a Captain Marvel mask? What would a Captain Marvel mask entail? It'd be like, like a, you know, like a face thing. (laughs) And then, and then (laughs) it said like, it said like, you know, in theaters, March 15th or whatever. That nope. would be the most depressing <laughs> development. It would be right up there with like, 
like Netflix de- developing like sentimentalist like capitalism because <laughs> you know like they so were, you guys are against I, that. yeah I'm one hundred percent against like brands getting in on uh, goal celebrations. Can you imagine if like Lacazette scored and it's just like oh yeah. Warner Brothers had him do a Joker like preview. (laughs) (laughs) Suicide Squad 2. Yeah, Suicide Squad 2. How about like the Us Scissors was like the prop? That's terrifying. That's, yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's quickly move on to sidebar Arsenal news. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but former Arsenal goalkeeper and current Juve number one, Wolczek Chesney, did an interview with a Polish outlet in which he dished about his former Gunners teammates. Everybody should search out this interview or the transcription of it because it's hilarious. Uh, but I had one clip that stood out to me and um, let me see if you guys can guess the former Arsenal player that fits this blank. Blank always thought he was some kind of gangster. Everybody has this guy at school who had strong and big friends and it made him think he was cool. It's uh, not Marijuana Schmack. It's, it's, hmm. Ooh, <laughs> this is, this is a good one. Uh, hmm. Who thought they were about it but weren't actually about it? It's Samir Nasri. Oh, oh that checks I out. Should have known. Yeah. Samir Nasri always thought he was some kind of gangster. Everyone had this guy at school who had strong and big friends and it made him think he was cool. You wow. know, like the the one Shots person fired. that somebody sometimes passed the blunt to and it got down to a roach. He <laughs> definitely seems uh, like that. Guy. He, he also said that Wilshire was one of his best friends and, and that and that at his wedding, at Czech's wedding or Chesney's wedding, I'm sorry. Uh, Wilshire got so drunk they couldn't find him and eventually, <laughs> two hours later, he was like asleep in some bushes. <laughs> so I'm sure Wilshire's We've happy that, there. that story came out. And Wilshire and Nasri, of course, are teammates at West Ham, so maybe Has they discussed Wilshire, this. is he still injured or does he just not cut the rotation? Oh, you know, he's got a knock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's quickly do some MLS news. Uh, Miles' favorite MLS player, had a milestone, his first hat trick. Wayne Rooney. That he did. Uh, a 5-0 thrashing of Real Salt Lake. How, how you, you know, you're a United fan. Like, how are you feeling about the Wayne Rooney experience in year two? Oh, man, the black and red are back. Like, the funny thing <laughs> is, like, obviously having Rooney there uh, really boosts our profile. But I, I think the team's MVP is Luciano Acosta. It's It's a big deal that he didn't have that transfer in January completed to PSG because that was actually going to happen and uh, obviously PSG could have used him against Man United he's that X factor but um, <laughs> wow that he's that good yeah, he's that good no um, but no he he has such a good rapport with Rooney and he's like 5'3 right yeah he's it's basically like Tordini and De La Feu at Watford it's like you got the speedy little guy and you got the the thicker the, gentleman up front, <laughs> the traditional <laughs> center forward, and yeah, they have a great rapport. Um, we we look really good. It's only been what three matches so far, but it's a good start. If how many titles have United won? Uh, DC four, United, five, four. So this yeah. could be like fifth, sixth ring, or whatever. Yeah. All right, go DC United. Now let's yeah. just quickly do some quick news bits. One kind of serious news bit, the U.S. women's national team, we're in a World Cup year, of course. The, the Women's World Cup is in France in June. The USWNT filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. And Miles, you were following this a little bit? Yeah, so um, they're going to the United States Soccer Federation for uh, institutionalized gender discrimination. Mm. And they're arguing that the organization is in violation of the 
1964 Civil Rights Act. So basically, the U.S. women's team is fighting for pay equity with their male counterparts. And the USS, meanwhile, USSF, meanwhile, is arguing that the men bring in uh, more revenue. But beyond the simple fact that men and women or male and female athletes should be paid equally, the women's team at least qualified for the World Cup. I was going to say, <laughs> any country's federation, there's a case to be made for this. It's the U.S. you know, women's yep. national team. Yeah. Pay them. Pay them. Micah, pay them, right? Pay them. Pay them. All right. In much more frivolous lawsuit news, uh, I'm reading the headline straight off the AFP. Football mad French parents banned from naming baby Griezmann Mbappe. <laughs> and I'll quote from the article here. A family judge in the central town of, I'm going to butcher this, but Brive la Gaillard stripped the infant Griezmann Mbappe of his two first names nearly five months after his birth. The, lo- the local town council told AFP. So I'm going to spin this into a question for you guys. If you could be named after any two footballers, who would you? what would your name be? Miles, you go. So I'm going to answer this like I was 12 years old, and my name would be Danger Seaman, combining <laughs> the names of Danger Forbes <laughs> and David Seaman. Danger oh, Seaman? Uh, yeah, this is how I never get invited back on Ringer FC. I'm sorry. Danger wow. Seaman. Wow. That's a good that like, uh, thing to introduce easy. yourself as at the bar. That is amazing. Is Danger Seaman. I don't even want to try now. I, it won't be that good. Well, it would be like Pogba Rashford. No, it would be probably like... Like the thing is that like I didn't look at this and I didn't look at this question in the rundown and like I was trying to come up with something and could only come up with Cole York and that's boring as fuck. So Cole York is actually a decent name. They probably the town council probably wouldn't overturn that. Yeah, you know, like, you, it Donnie? seems the most normal. I could sneak in there. I mean, for me, maybe it'd be like Sun. <laughs> I don't know what goes good with Sun. Sun Thierry sounds good, right? Sun Thierry. It's not dangerous semen, but okay. All right, let's move on. None of us, none uh, of the, none of our names are dangerous even. That's <laughs> shame on you for going first with that. The famous Manchi, who was uh, targeted by Arsenal to be their sporting director, left AS Roma and is returning to Sevilla, where of course he rose to fame, picking up and selling the likes of Danny Alves and blah 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 blah. Anyway, he's coming back to Sevilla for uh, a second tenure. And I am making this a news hit because he had a very cool quote that's kind of uh, ringer related. He said, quote, Victor Orta, who is the Leeds, Leeds United's director of football, told me Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1. That's why he's going back to Sevilla. Uh, hard agree. But, you know, we, we need to get Sergio Aguero on the pod to talk about gangster movies. That's like the only personality trait we found out from that Man City doc series. Exactly. You, we only learn that he likes to watch gangster movies and alone because he has no friends. And that's, man, now I thought about right. that and I got sad. He's definitely a Godfather 2 guy. All right. Uh, the 2022 World Cup, if you guys have been hearing that, of course, 2026, when it's in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, it's officially going to 48 teams. While Infantino and FIFA want the 2022 World Cup to also have 48 teams, and that's going to be voted on in June, June 6th, I believe, in Paris. Uh, if the World Cup does it uh, grow from 32 to 48 for 2022, then they're going to have to bring in a second country in addition to Qatar. It'll be Kuwait or Oman, reportedly. What do you guys think of going to 48 teams for 2022? Because uh, it's going to happen anyway in 2026. Are you one of these less is more World Cup guys, Micah? Uh, 
Yeah. Or do you, or do you feel more is more? Um, I think it's, you know what? I like, I think I, I'm a less is more person. Yeah. Keep it at 32. Yeah. Why, why fix what isn't broken? Yeah. True. I mean, I guess it's to see smaller countries, minnows that would never would have made it, get a chance to make it, but see, I see you guys. See point. them get demolished by better teams. <laughs> Related news, FIFA also wants to expand the Club World Cup, which is that weird competition that happens around Christmas every year, from seven teams to 24 teams. Now that seems unnecessary. Yeah, but it's supposed a mid, to be... A mid-season tournament re- with 24 teams? Replacing the... Uh, isn't that supposed to be going in the stead of something else, like the Confederations Cup or something? Like it happens in the the next... Uh, country to host the next World Cup, sort of like. The, oh, you mean the the like Confederations the Cup? Yeah. No, I think this is like the world, the Club World Cup thing they do in like this year. It was in what UAE or something? And no, 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 Japan. no. I know what the Club World Cup is. I'm talking about whether or not that it's supposed to replace the function of something else, like oh, a different. Uh, it's possible. I mean, bottom line is moral of the story: FIFA wants more money. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Alexander the Duck Pato, Chelsea legend. Leaving <laughs> Tianjin Tianai in China after scoring 36 goals in 60 games. I actually had a trivia question related to this, but I didn't print out the answer. It was about players who played in both the Premier League and the Chinese Super League. Anyway, Pato's a free agent. Miles, do you think he's better than Higain? Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's close. <laughs> Let's just give him a second stint with Chelsea. The weird thing is, I had no idea he was only 29. I feel like we've been talking about Pato for like two decades. Yeah, it's because he broke on the scene when he was like 17. Yeah. Right? Like in one of those U20 or whatever World Cups. All right. Finally, 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 Planet Football, they did a post where they chose the most universally beloved player on each Premier League team. Can you guys guess who they chose for your respective favorite teams? Micah. Hmm. Oh, wait, no, this is easy. Juan Mata, it's got to be. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Miles. N'Golo Conte, it's got to be. Of course. And He's for, the best. For Arsenal, they chose Peter Cech, which is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> who, would, who would you guys choose as your, maybe not the most universally beloved, but your most beloved player on your team? Not necessarily the best, beloved. N'Golo Conte. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, I mean, Miles like, is about to break out into yeah. the Conte song. Okay. Yeah, it's I just, mean, yeah. he's so he's he's so wholesome. And his version of celebrating a goal, it doesn't happen much, but he just like kind of runs to the nearest teammate, it jumps in their arms like a kid getting picked up from school by his parents. The Conte, he's adorable. The, the wholesomeness of Conte is becoming like a bit. I know it's not a bit. I know he's genuinely wholesome, but I saw a Reddit headline which was like Angolo Conte arrives for international duty six hours ahead of time. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet about that that was like, that's how badly he wanted to get away from Marcus Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Peters. Come on, man. Jesse Lingard? Pogba? Oh, no. Pogba, no, right? well, it, I mean, like, it's honestly, I'm going to use this space to talk about the fact that, like, I've, Phil I'm Jones. so glad that I did a 180 on, on Jesse Lingard because he's just so psyched to be there, just in yeah. general. <laughs> like, I like Lingard. Yeah, he's a very, he's very, he's very likable. Not, who, not Alexis Sanchez? <laughs> <laughs> who? <laughs> I don't know her. That's my, that's Micah's name, Sanchez Jones. Uh, my, my favorite, our most beloved Arsenal player, can you guys guess who it is? It's not Mesut Ozil. Shocker. Um, shocker, is it, shocker. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, is it, is it Lucas Torreira? 
It is not. It is. Michael, do you have a guess? Andrew, uh, Alexandre Lacazette. He's close. But my favorite player, and this is my my love of him has grown over the last year, last couple months, I should say. Laurent Koscielny. Oh. Just because of his warrior mentality and his dedication and commitment. And the fact that God, of Arsenal's terrible. is such a turnoff. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a turnoff? I don't know. It's just such a platitude, like a lunch pail person. I don't know. But continue. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it definitely applies. Here. It definitely applies to, to, to uh, Kashani. But, I, you know, given how weak our central defenders are, when Laurent is out there, although he is liable to dive in and, and get a pe- and draw a pen- or cause a penalty, uh, I just feel safer with him in there, and he just will dive for the team. I'd feel safer in one of Bellerin's coats, but you do you. <laughs> you <said what? laughs> I'd feel safer in one of Bellerin's coats, but you do you. Uh, anyway, on that note, thank you, Micah. Thank you, Miles, for joining me. Thank you. And we'll be back in two weeks. See you then. Look, I grew up in Streatham. Teachers were giving man tests. Same time the man them were giving out testers. I got paintings giving man stress. I ain't got to sex it, message or text it. I don't want to do you and I like I'm in Leicester, skipping my lectures. We used to ride round all reckless, stolen Tetris. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. You can book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. It's perfect for planners, procrastinators, and everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now.